I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network, and this is a breaking news alert. So last week we talked about the surprising and very upsetting ruling by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, which granted an administrative stay motion filed by a number of Republican states, including the state of Nebraska, temporarily halting the Biden administration's ability to discharge debt under the student debt cancellation program. And in the order by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, they set an expedited briefing schedule for the Department of Justice to submit their briefs and for the Republican-led states to submit their briefs uh, uh, challenging the district court's ruling, where the district court, which was in the Eastern District of Missouri, and it was a George W. Bush appointee district court judge who actually made the ruling, who found that these Republican-led states did not have standing to bring lawsuits trying to uh, stop or block or enjoin uh, the Biden debt, student debt cancellation uh, program. And just to remind you of what this lawsuit is about, on September 29th of 2022, six Republican-led states, Nebraska, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, and South Carolina brought lawsuits in the Eastern District of Missouri. They all joined in on the same lawsuit, and they alleged that they were harmed because their tax revenue would be decreased because they would be collecting less taxes uh, from uh, their taxpayers based on uh, Biden canceling debt. And this didn't really make all that much sense because in these states, uh, discharge debt was not taxable as income, yet what these states argued is that it could be taxable as income. And they also argued that a number of collection agencies that would go after students uh, if they didn't pay their debt, that their revenues would be decreased also, which would in turn harm the states. But the district court judge, again, a, a right-wing appointment judge uh, did not agree with that analysis, found that there was no standing and dismissed the lawsuit. These states then filed an appeal with the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, and as part of their appeal, sought an emergency, an emergency stay stopping Biden's program from going into effect pending the resolution of the appeal. So let's just pull that order up and then let's talk about the briefing that was filed pursuant to this briefing schedule. So here we have on the screen the uh, ruling from last week, from October 21st of 2022. United States Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit, State of Nebraska at all, at all referring to all the other states, uh, versus Joseph Biden in his official capacity as the President of the United States at all. They also sued the Department of Education, um, and it's an appeal from the District Court for the Eastern District of Missouri, St. Louis Division Order. Appellant's emergency motion for an administrative stay prohibiting the appellees from discharging any student loan debt under the the cancellation program until this court rules on appellant's motion for an injunction 
pending appeal is granted. So what they're saying there is that the Republican state's emergency motion for an administrative stay for this action to prohibit the Biden administration from discharging the student debt under the cancellation program until the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals rules on this motion for an injunction, which is to totally stop, essentially, to basically totally stop Biden from implementing uh, the student debt cancellation program not on a temporary basis, but on a enduring uh, basis. And they said that is granted. And what's granted is the temporary stay pending the court reviewing the motions on the more permanent injunction. The request for an expedited briefing on the motion for an injunction pending appeal is granted as follows. And so what they're seeking, these states, is an injunction enjoining or stopping it pending a full-fledged appeal, which can take a long period of time. So the practical effect, that's why I say this enduring injunction that right now this stay is a temporary maneuver, but if the injunction pending appeal is granted, that can seriously derail the student debt cancellation program for a very, very, very long period of time. And one of the things I pointed out as well in the prior video that this Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals order didn't make much sense to me because if you look at it too, they're entertaining an emergency motion for an administrative stay. But what the district court did was find that there was no standing for these states to even sue, that the states didn't couldn't assert a cognizable uh, injury. So how could you stay on an emergency basis uh, that finding by the district court judge of no standing? How are you staying that on an emergency basis? What this actually really was, there was a injunction, a temporary injunction that the Eighth Circuit was granting. In any event, whatever the technicality is, and the reason why I have problems with the technicalities is those that courts used to care about technicalities. Technicalities used to say, oh, wait a minute, we, the Eighth Circuit, don't have the procedural power to do this. Um, but it seems like they don't care about those technicalities anymore. But in any event, uh, the practical effect of this was to temporarily block the Biden administration from implementing the student debt cancellation program pending the expedited briefing. And now the expedited briefing schedule set forth here. Appley's response in opposition, so the DOJ's response in opposition, shall be due on or before 5 p.m. Central on Monday, October 24th. An appellant's reply, the Republican-led state's reply, if any, is due on before 5 p.m. Central Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. So now, as of the time of this recording, the Department of Justice has submitted their briefing on the issue. Theirs was due on Monday. Uh, the Republican-led states submitted their briefing on the issue. That was due Tuesday. And here's what the Department of Justice argued in their briefs. They say, look, these Republican-led states are seeking this extraordinary injunction pending an appeal in a suit that the district court dismissed for lack of jurisdiction, that there was no standing. Such an application demands a significantly higher justification than just a request for a stay. 
The Department of Justice goes on to say, Congress granted the Secretary of Education broad authority to ensure that national emergencies do not financially harm student loan borrowers. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, secretaries from two administrations, Trump and Biden, invoke that authority to suspend interest accrual and payments on federally held student loans. As those protections wind down, the Secretary of Education reasonably determined it was necessary to provide targeted debt relief to federal student loan borrowers affected by the pandemic. Now, six states seek to enjoin the Secretary's action, but the district court correctly held that they lack standing. They go on to say, plaintiffs cannot establish the need for injunctive relief. Plaintiffs do not have Article III standing, and even if they did, they are unlikely to succeed on their claims given Congress's authorization for the Secretary of Education's actions and the Secretary's explicit consideration of the relevant factors. Further, these Republican-led states, this is an important part, will suffer no irreparable injury from the provision of much-needed relief to millions of Americans, but the public interest would be greatly harmed by its denial. The people will be harmed, and these states are creating fake irreparable harm issues because when you're seeking this injunctive relief, this emergency injunctive relief, these states are arguing that they're about to suffer irreparable harm if regular Americans, mostly who are making less than $75,000, get this very targeted relief. I mean, how cruel can you be, especially where the states have not even articulated really what amount of money they're going to lose? Hypothetical tax revenue by going after students for the $10,000 that would be discharged under Biden's student debt cancellation program. That's how cruel these Republican-led states are. So that was the fundamental argument that the Department of Justice made on their brief filed on October 24th. And then you have the Republican states. They filed their brief. And in their brief, they basically said, look, we're not just seeking for an injunction here. Uh, and the Eighth Circuit states, the same way you, the Eighth Circuit, granted an, an, a national temporary injunction, we want, and this is what they say, the court should enjoin the entire cancellation program for the entire country. That's the relief that they're seeking. And what the states argue is they go, the department's contrived reasons for rejecting this major question's doctrines do not override the clear evidence confirming it applies and the agency's baseless reading of the HEROES Act places practically no limits on the secretary's power to discharge debt during or after national emergencies. And so the central argument that the states are arguing after they claim that they have standing they argue that the HEROES Act, which was passed by during the George W. Bush uh, administration, uh, giving powers to the Secretary of Education to do things like discharge debt in case of war or national emergencies, what they argue is that cannot possibly apply to the pandemic and to the current conditions affecting students, that that is outside of the scope um, of the authority that was delegated 
to uh, the Secretary of Education and that the HEROES Act cannot be used as the basis for providing the student debt cancellation program or implementing the student debt cancellation program. So that's the argument that's being made by the states. And they've been joined by numerous other right-wing radical groups uh, that have millions of dollars of funding from right-wing billionaire groups who have filed amicus briefs, which are called friends of the, also known as friends of the court briefs, to try to fight for the court to deny students this very, very, very targeted relief. I mean, we're talking about less, you know, $10,000 relief for um, loans and 20000 for Pell Grants. I mean, that's, that's the targeted relief here that we're talking about. And, you know, one thing to mention, the White House on the same day of all of these briefings, um, the White House uh, tweeted out as well or has made clear that over 22 million Americans have already given the Biden-Harris administration, the information to be considered for life-changing student debt relief. Think about that. 22 million Americans would benefit from this. And the Republican-led states are working harder than almost on any other issue out there. You know, more than focusing on their electric grids, more than focusing on their roads, more than focusing on their police, more than focusing on keeping their state safer, more than focusing on their highways and roadways, and more than focusing on uh, building firehouses. They are uniquely focused and they are obsessed with the fact that here is a situation where regular folk, where average Americans can get targeted debt relief. They don't care when it comes to the PPP, when all these lawmakers took out hundreds of thousands or if not millions of dollars. They're cool with that. They're cool when you have tax cuts for billionaires and billionaires get bailed out when they get into financial duress. They're, they're cool with that. They don't care about the impact on the economy there. Here, there is a program that could actually help just some real Americans for, for once um, in an area where uh, the burden of these student loans is in many cases preventing people from buying homes and participating in the economy. You know, it's creating this this jam in the, in the pipeline of financial freedom. And so this is just trying in a small way to target it. And these Republican-led states and these Republican-led groups, and we got to be clear where this is coming from. The Republican-led groups are the one who's pushing it, are obsessed, absolutely obsessed with ensuring that uh, this program does not take effect. Now, one of the things about the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, its composition, one George H.W. Bush uh, judge, five George W. Bush judges, one Obama judge, and four Trump-appointed judges. So there are 10 Republicans, one Democrat on the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, just one Obama appointee, no other Democrats on there. It's why elections have consequences and why, even though I believe here for a number of reasons on the standing aspect of it, on the merits itself, uh, but on the standing aspect and on the fact that One of the things, if you're seeking this uh, emergency injunction pending the outcome of the appeal, you have to show irreparable harm. And the only people who would suffer irreparable harm right now would be the students who will be deprived of this relief that they should get. 
So the states to me haven't asserted irreparable harm. They haven't asserted jurisdiction or standing. So they shouldn't even get to the merits. But when you get to the merits, um, they to me, they clearly, they clearly lose on the merits as well. Um, but so w where do I think it should come out? I think the Department of Justice should win, but we're in front of the Eighth Circuit. And the chances here that the Eighth Circuit and even the United States Supreme Court uh, would perhaps have a favorable view of what the states are trying to do and to block Biden from implementing uh, this student can't debt cancellation program. I think that either the Supreme Court or the Eighth Circuit is going to try to stop this from happening. And one of the questions you may be asking is, and I heard this before, well, I thought that the Supreme Court previously um, rejected this challenge. Didn't Amy Coney Barrett reject it? That was a different case. That was in the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. That was a group called the Brown County Taxpayers Association, some other AstroTurf group. What the Republicans do is they flood the zone. They filed these lawsuits literally everywhere, different groups and states and all over to try to get through one of these courts. That's part of their strategy. And here they got through with the Eighth Circuit and the states, but they tried getting through with all of these other courts to get what they happened, what, what occurred here. In that case, the Brown County Taxpayers Association, they were a group of taxpayers and they claimed as taxpayers that this would impact their tax taxes would go up. Um, and there, the district court judge said no. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals rejected it. And then an emergency application was filed with the Supreme Court. Amy Coney Barrett is the supervising judge to, that hears emergency applications over the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. And Amy Coney Barrett said, uh, you know, rejected um, denied the emergency application, but that came, that was on the basis of standing that came through another court. These are now states saying, unlike the Brown County Taxpayer Association, we as states and our ability to collect revenue from taxpayers here, that we have damage, we have injury, so we should get past the standing argument. And let's talk about the merits regarding the HEROES Act and that we believe that the HEROES Act does not allow the Secretary of Education to provide for the student debt cancellation uh, program. So I, I normally would give predictions it's it's a tough it's a tough call with the Eighth Circuit. If they followed the law, um, the student debt cancellation program should go into effect, and they should not grant uh, the uh, injunctive relief by the states. But I think you have an Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, depending on the panel, that will be sympathetic to the states. And if it's unfortunately the wrong panel, I think they will grant the injunction, in which case it will go to the Supreme Court um, through an emergency application. Whoever loses here will file an emergency application. And I think the emergency application will be ultimately denied by the Supreme Court. So I feel like whoever wins here, that's going to be the status quo of what uh, takes place. But meanwhile, at least 22 million uh, lives hang in the balance of people who rely on this and just regular Americans. And, you know, I just hope that, you know, I just think it's so cruel. 
I just hope that everybody who's watching this, please share these videos and just let people know what's going on. That's why I take the time to explain it in this detail because you need to understand the way our legal system to understand that it is uniquely Republican-led states and Republican groups who are challenging this initiative. This is not a both sides issue and courts doing it. This is all Republicans, Republican judges, Republican groups, and they don't do this when billionaires get their tax benefits and when billionaires get tax cuts and when billionaires get bailed out and when billionaires get all of the perks that they get and when our deficit is run up $7.5 trillion under Donald Trump as compared to going down, our deficit has decreased close to $2 trillion under Biden they don't, it's not really a logical, factual debate with them. They just don't want MAGA Republicans and the Republican Party don't want regular Americans to have this relief. They view when regular Americans get it, they view that as a handout. They say, pull yourselves up by the bootstraps. That's their view. But when billionaires get it, they call it trickle-down economics. They call it they, that, they're, that they deserve it, that they should get it, that, it's, uh, that, that that will be great for the economy when wealthy people can hoard money. You know, and I just think that you know, we have to look at these issues with common sense. And we, we have to say um, it's important that we also help uh, you know, regular Americans too. Um, so we'll keep you updated here on the Midas Touch Network. Wanted to give you that extensive, but I think important background on where we are with the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals case, which is currently holding up the student uh, debt relief program by President Biden. We'll keep you updated here on the Midas Touch Network. Hit the subscribe button now. We're on our way to 1 million subscribers with your support. Hit the subscribe also if you want to support independent media like this. Here's what you can do. It goes a long way. And you always ask, how can you help? Here's how you can help. Go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. Become a member of one of the membership tiers there. Uh, there's lots of exclusive content and behind the scenes footage and much more. But most importantly, you can help grow this independent platform. We're not funded by anybody and certainly not the millionaires and billionaires who fund the mainstream media and the fascist leaning media. None of that. So we rely on you. And so if you could help out, it would go a long way. Go join us at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis. Midas Touch is unapologetically pro-democracy. And look, we know you are too. So please make sure you check out our best-selling shirt and our best-selling gear, the unapologetically pro-democracy gear. And hey, while you're at it, make sure you check out my favorite shirt and one of our most famous designs. It wasn't rigged. You're just a loser at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.